Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, thanks for joining me for another podcast right here. It's the Zane Lowe interview series. That's never not weird, given that I'm half of that title. Uh, this is going to be a really good one because I've waited, I feel like, the longest time for this opportunity. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Don't mind telling you that. And uh, I've been lucky enough to connect with a lot of artists and in many cases, multiple times over that long period of time. But someone I've never had a chance to meet face to face in the 20 plus years that she's been making music is Pink. And there's lots of boring reasons for that, like where I used to work, she'd never run through my shows, she'd go straight into the daytime shows and all that sort of stuff. And the list is long, lots of reasons. But they all just fell apart, And but they all fell by the wayside as soon as we got a chance to actually meet. And what's really interesting about what you're about to hear is that the meeting took place about 30 seconds before the mics went up and the conversation started. So where it begins is pretty much where it begins. Over the course of this podcast, we cover a lot of life talk. Of course, we talk about the brand new album, Trust Fall, which is really brilliant. Another classic example of Pink at her best, both as a songwriter and as a performer. But it's really what's driving the human that's most interesting to me at this point. Pink is obviously well known for being outspoken and standing up for what she believes in. The good news is, in my opinion, a lot of what she believes in are good things to believe in. So we had a lot to connect on and we did so. It's a great conversation. Myself and Pink diving in right here on the interview series. I'm so happy that we're finally getting a chance to meet face to face and talk about this amazing record. And oh, there's so much to talk about. I, I have that that feeling in my stomach of excitement and anticipation mm. because we've never really. I have the same feeling. <laughs> well, but you said something really telling before, which I thought was really lovely. You're like, I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm getting back into it. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we ha- I think we have to acknowledge and not take for granted that life is very multifaceted. It, it's not like there's one lane that we stick to. There's a time to be pink. And there's a time to be mum yep. and a time to be a member of the community and a time to crouch at the bar and a time to stand up straight. Yep. And what I don't want to ever assume with artists, in particular artists like yourself who've achieved so much, is that just because you have an album to come, uh, that you're like, oh, my cape is on. Like it takes a second uh-huh. to warm up, even though you actually have a cape on. I do I have a cape on <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's um, for me, I am always the same person, but I have to remember that now I'm speaking to a larger group. So mm. I have to actually think about the words that come out of my mouth. Do you, though? I think about them as I'm saying them. That's not why we love you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> my feelings are like spaghetti. I throw them at the wall, and if they stick, that's actually really how I feel. But I don't know it until I say it out loud. I'm that's a, interesting. I'm an out loud processor. Okay, so I'm actually an internal processor. I'm an overthinker, and I mm. question everything. And there are times when I step out on a limb, and only at this mature age have I been able to recognize that it's okay to say something that makes me feel a little uncomfortable in the moment, time will probably be kind to that statement. How do you sort of process your thoughts outside of music? Because you are an outspoken and brilliant human who stands oh, up for righteous things. Um, I don't. I don't second guess that. Mm. My dad raised me to be uh, a fighter. And I, yeah, I mean, I credit him. He he believed that one person could make a difference. He was a letter writer. They called him Mr. Cause. He was a Vietnam vet, loved music, and had me marching on Washington since I was three years old. My stepmom was partly responsible for erecting the the nurse um, statue mm. in Washington, D.C. Mm. And mm. yeah, and my whole family's military, so I'm used to people being of service and being involved. And my mom is a nurse. So um, I just, yeah, I, I feel things deeply and passionately, and I, 
I never get behind something I don't truly believe in. But if I really believe on it, I will die on that mountain. Like that's that's going to be my mountain. And I think I had a conversation with my daughter, a kind of teary conversation because we have um, security and I'm not a person that ever uses security because as my security says, I'm not protecting her. I'm protecting you from yeah. her. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of death threats all the time. And so when you have children, it's like, yeah, no, you can't play. So Willow said to me, why do you do it? And I said, wait, why do you do what? Have security or put us in a position where we have death threats? Put us in a position where we have death threats. Fight. Why fight. do you fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, does, why do we have this attention? Yeah. And I said, because it's in me and it's the right thing to do. And, you know, I want to live forever. I want to live forever. Of course, I want to be with you forever, but I'm going to I'm not going to be here forever. And so I have to use my time what are you going to do with your one precious life? I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it until it dies from it. Mm. And mm. if you can help, you should. If you can reach behind you and help somebody, put your hand back. And also be humble enough to receive. Put your hand forward sometimes, too, and receive That's the help. beautiful. But if it's not in you, then you can do it in other ways. You can donate. You can vote. You can petition. You can go read a book to an elderly person that's alone, deliver meals. There's so many ways you can be involved and help. Me, I have a platform. I have a mouth. <laughs> I have, I, I'm educated and engaged and I participate. This is how I participate. Yeah. You're inspiring in that regard. Did she get it? Did you see it in her eyes? She did. She gets it. She gets it. And she's also an internal processor. So I have to give her time, which is my, my lesson. One of my lessons. And it's interesting too, because if you talk about the generational difference, um, you as a child watching your parents come from military backgrounds and from just that brief statement, your father came from fighting a war to fight to fighting for what he believed in at home. Mm -hmm. Both fights. Mm -hmm. Your mom was fighting to save people's lives and, if, and erecting statues, first generation game changers. Mm -hmm. You are now first generation, successful, out of the park, mm -hmm. Without them, it wouldn't have happened. But the point being that the way she processes that is so different to how you process that. You were raised in the fight. I know. I know. And she's still seeing you fight, but she's like, I don't see a fight around us. I see yeah. what mommy and daddy have achieved in a strange way. So it's an interesting, you know, you've yeah, got Yeah, but she's also been th around the world with me. They, my kids come with me on tour. So we've been all over the place. We go, we visit children's hospitals. We... Mm. You know, she donates to charity. She, mm. she had rate. She works the tour, so she works dancers quick change. And she gave all her money when I gave m some of my money to a hospital in Philadelphia. She wanted to give her money to the local hospital. Amazing. She's involved. That's she's incredible. smart, and she's also allergic to injustice. So I think she's asking me. She's needing reassurance. I think from me that I know what I'm doing. I don't think any of us have that anymore so we just have to i was gonna say there must be times when you're not even sure no i'm not the world we live in now it's like <laughs> that's why the album's called trustful that's right <laughs> great that's segue right. but and that's true that's, that's where true. it came from that's true that's true and i picked it up straight away and even though you're talking about very specific subjects in some cases that well, at least i took them as such yeah um and you dial into the detail in the most beautiful way there is an overarching sense of fighting for what's right on this record yeah personally and, and beyond Yes, there is. And then there's also the part where you're like, you know what? This, I'm going to dance. <laughs> and there is that too. <laughs> and there like, is that I'm too. I'm so exhausted. I'm just going to dance. I'm going to take my clothes off and I'm going to dance.
which is roller skate. which is really for me as a fan <laughs> is really beautiful because when we first got to know you the fight was there but it was like you were fighting the individuals <laughs> yeah. at the yeah. party I it was, was like i don't know what's going on outside this room anybody right it's like, <laughs> and then it became this thing of like to your point that that Allergy to injustice started to rise to the surface, met the voice mm-hmm. that you had developed, and boom, we start yeah. having impact people. It's nice to hear you get back to that place where it's like, I can do both. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And that's sort of like me getting my feet wet is also I can do both. I will be at my son's basketball game on Friday, and they're sick, so that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, There's always one kid. Don't you find when there's six, no disrespect to the other kids, but one kid is the only kid that, that's winning everything. Like when our kid was six play basketball, there was one kid who could shoot threes, one kid who could loo layups, and yeah. one kid who could really yeah. dribble, and everyone else was like, yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tried him out in soccer, and he was like dancing and popping and Too locking and picking around. flowers. Too and much I'm standing around. pretty sure he didn't oh. even know there was a ball. I got told off by my grandfather <laughs> as a kid because I was waving my arms around on the field. Yeah, during a that's football. it. And, and, and he was just like, dude, there is a ball out there. You that's, can go I get it. I saying that to Jameson. And the coach was like, dude, you're off sides again. And he's literally like, he's raving. He's like the Viking in that on YouTube. And he's... So cute, too. It's yeah. very charming. Yeah, so we're trying out basketball. We're going to see. There's no waiting around in basketball. You can run all <laughs> no. day in basketball nonstop. You'll wear them out. That's a good idea. I mean, but, it, And then I'm also putting out a record. You're also putting so out a record. Yeah, I like, I, like, uh, I like life. I like that you like life. I like life. I like that you take time for life. Yeah. I really do. I, I like that you check out completely. And you go, nah, I'm, I, I just toured the world three times over and, and I just had a massive success with this album. People love it and that's a good place for me to go and do something else for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I do do that a lot. What does it feel like, life um, outside of this? Having a family was really important to me because my family life was screwed as a kid and I'm super affectionate and cuddly and goofy and just doing music wasn't enough for me. I was lonely. I was so lonely. It's a very lonely business. It is. Um, And I really wanted to have a family, and it was just as important to me as ambition. And so, because I didn't want it if it was just, if this is the carrot, I've eaten it. I'm still hungry. I'm hungry. I'm empty. And I love writing songs. I love singing songs. I love performing. Sitting with a guitar is one of my favorite things I'll ever do. But cuddling with my babies and and taking them camping and being dirty for three days is also one of the coolest things I'll ever do. And making wine also mm. happens to be pretty cool. Yeah, It's down here. It's not as cool as cuddling and camping and performing. But it's it's cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's I mean, you literally are grounding yourself. You're yeah. literally grounding yeah. yourself and finding a way to get back to that thing that inspired you in the first place. And you strike me as the kind of person that got your hands dirty before you owned a winery. Oh, yeah. I'm a student. It's such a funny thing because I'm a high school dropout and people hear that and they're like, wow, yeah, okay. What did you, what did you learn from that? From dropping out of high school? Not at the specific time, but looking back on it, what did you learn from from the fact that you didn't necessarily fit into that box, and yet you've broken out of every box throughout your whole life. Uh, I mean, I have such opinions about the school 
and authority and um, education and where it comes from. So I might not be the best person to talk to about that. Most people think, with opinions are the perfect people to talk I to. I think things. you get edu- <laughs> I think if you're paying attention, life will educate you as much as a textbook. And I knew that I was not going to follow the traditional path. I was my parents were like, "You have to get a an education. You need something to fall back on." I was like, "But I'm not falling back." But bless I'm them, moving forward. The fear our parents had I know of now. us not being I ready, know, right? It's it's and now you're a parent, you understand. I like know. the biggest fear we have is that they're not prepared. I know, but I'm a girl from Doylestown that said she was going to be a famous rock star. My mom was like, "That's adorable. Please, God, do something with your life." Mm. But I feel like I signed up for it before I got here. So I knew. There was no telling me no. And there was nothing that was going to stop me. So I just went. I love learning. If I ever went back to school, it would be for psychology. Mm. But um, I, I love learning. And I've gotten to learn a lot from traveling, too. People should just travel before they talk I was going to say, just go, travel. Yeah. <laughs> just I was go gonna, somewhere. I was going to say, you have an, you, I mean, I'm sure you do have a couple of honorary doctorates, but um, you, you, de- <laughs> you definitely have an honorary. I did win an argument with my therapist, and I was pretty proud about that. I've yet to do that. <laughs> I've gotten really close, though. You know, I get, I, I kind of revert with my therapist where I, when I know I'm right and he knows I'm right and he doesn't want to give it to me, I just, mm. I'm like, oh, you're such a jerk. Mm. You, he should give it to you. Yeah, he doesn't want to, you don't want to hand me any W's in a hurry. But it's good. I love it. How long have you been doing therapy? Since I was like, well, <laughs> my mom threw me on a therapist couch when I was 14, but that didn't work out. Mm. Um, I think the therapist told her that the wrong person was on the couch, and then we ran over a lot of bushes on the way out of there. Yeah, it was pretty. One of my. That's a it, was good, a, it was a good day. That's a good day. It's <laughs> a dub. That's a win. My first assistant was my best friend. She was my everything, and she kind of helped me put my life back together. And she was she was my assistant, but she was really my priest, my lover, my mother, uh, my friend. And she wanted to quit me. And go have a life and not tour anymore. And I was a person that would just move on from people. I was just, I would lost so many people too. Right. I'll leave you before you leave me. Yeah. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Stand I was the same. had a lot of friends die too. So I'm really good at saying goodbye. As in you're terrible at saying goodbye. You just bounce. Yeah. Yeah. I just bounce. I just walk backwards. And then Homer she the made bush. me go to therapy with her. Right. She made me go to couples counseling. So that I wouldn't never speak to her again. I think at that moment I was, I was thinking, you can quit, but I can't. And so, fuck you. But then she's she's the godmom of my baby. She's I'm she's the godmom of her. She's, she's smart. She's my friend. I wish friends, more friends, went to therapy together. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Like it's, it's a like very we, important relationship. We are close, I think, as a society to getting past this idea of therapy being this narcissistic, desperate solution i actually think the idea of they got a lot of shit for it and i've said this to them for what it's worth i think chris and gwyneth that conscious uncoupling idea of going to therapy to separate yeah and brilliant absolutely if carrie and i ever do it we're gonna throw a divorce party yeah like a wedding it's gonna be awesome <laughs> it's gonna be so fun i mean you've already been <laughs> Yeah, but I'd expect it from you too, because you know, even when you had to acknowledge the challenges in your relationship, you put it in videos. You were open about it. It's yeah. cool. I mean, it's a part of Life it. Life is messy. Life's messy. That's why it's so great. This album is like just to me. It is such a mood board uh, of 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 passions and interests and maladies and ideas and 
there's just nothing off the table here. I mean, it, there is a full-on, full-blown, authentic, deep club record here. Mm-hmm. The title track is a deep mm-hmm. club record. Mm-hmm. You're not flirting with it. Like, this is no. like, you could put this at one in the morning yeah. at Pasha, and it's going to hold its own. I was a candy raver. What's that? What you, okay, okay, okay. okay I'm, from, I'm from New Zealand via London. That's new to me. Candy raver? <laughs> yeah. Uh, early 90s, raves. I used to dress up like a bumblebee occasionally. Pop some candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I once woke up in a bathtub full of Vicks Vapor Rub. How do you fill a bathtub that with Vicks a Vapor weird. Rub? It's it a very a, small... I didn't do it. I was at a friend's house. That well, is I mean, a... I guess you can call them a friend. That's, I met them. That's not friend. <laughs> Friends don't do that. Yeah, they do. It was awesome. That's an overwhelming experience. <laughs> if I put a if I put an index finger under my nose with a full blown head cold, I'm having a rough time. <laughs> you slept in a bath. Big favor. That was awesome. I like candy necklaces on. That's amazing. Oh. I'd imagine it took you three weeks to lose that smell. It's like a butter croissant. It's like patchouli. Yeah. Right? Just you just never get rid of it. Never get rid of it. Never get rid of it. You have those like extra potent croissants and you're like, why the f*** is everything smell of butter? It's been three days. <laughs> yeah, the trust fall. It is. I mean, Fred and Johnny just, I just, uh, they're delicious human beings. Well, they get you. They put you in a yeah. place where you got to lean into that space that people don't know you for, but you know it. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool for me is that now I know you get it. As a fan of that music, I'm not yeah. like, oh, she's struggling with, she's struggling there. She she loves it, but she doesn't know it. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been really it fun was, to record that. It was really fun. And it's it's also fun when, the, back in the day, I believe it was a woman's <laughs> day. Yeah. Um, it used to be all these big, big studios with big boards and the vocal booth, and it was all just so professional and now it's like i'm hanging out at my friend's house with a mic that looks just like this and we're done yeah that's it it's the best let's have some wine i'd (laughs) I'd imagine that wine comes pretty quick for you in the studio when you feel it that because you have such an innate ability to perform so for someone who can step on a stage have the confidence that you can hold those notes entertain and do it with feeling how do you get to that place where you challenge yourself on the record where you really dig deep there's some powerful performances on this album what do you have to do to get there because some, sometimes having I say to my kids if you have talent you got to work three times harder I always am so jealous of like halfway decent singers because they sound so freaking cool and because they're pushing and I themselves try to every sound time. cool and I'm like you sound like like Celine no, I'm not as good as Celine Dion but you know what yeah. I mean yeah like I sound like I'm on Broadway and I'm trying to be so hard to be cool yeah and I'm never gonna be cool yeah because you were because I'm with, a trained singer you were blessed I with sing. that voice and you were blessed with it too but it's like when I was doing just give me a reason with Nate he he's also I believe belongs on Broadway mm. but he's like oh oh yeah and he's got that like cool see I can't even do it right now it's got that like cool thing and I'm like oh Oh, he's like, yeah, maybe not. This is not <laughs> Annie. What I was like, this isn't Annie? Like, how do I do it? How, it's not, how do I not Annie? <laughs> he's a keeper. If he can be that honest with you in that moment, he's a real friend. He's a keeper. Maybe less like, Annie. I'm trying to be cool, Nate. I walk around like an open wound, so it's not hard for me to get places. I like to be uncomfortable. I like to sing. I like to, like, Linda Perry, that was where that came from for me, was listening to her voice. I could feel her pain and she's not the best technically trained. Like she's not, um, Oh, I just lost who I was thinking of. Mary Poppins. Mm. 
what's her name? Mary Poppins. Julie Andrews. Thank you, Julie. Oh my God, my brain broke. Don't worry about it. Um, like Julie Andrews, she sings like Linda. Like she sings what went, what Linda went through. Yeah. And that's where I live. I'm just living that. Bono, man, for me on his day. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. Doesn't get enough credit for it because of the success and everything that goes with it. Hear that guy sing with or without you live. When yeah, he's beautiful, feelings. beautiful. No one else can do it. And that was what Sinead used to do for me too. I'm trying to think of a few that really kind of get me there these days. I mean, Tom, beautiful. Yeah. Tom York. I mean, yeah. just just people who can actually yeah. get to a place where yeah. it, it goes beyond the note. It's like mm-hmm. an, it's like in between the notes, and that to me is where the emotion lives. That's where, and there's some real moments on this album where that where that happens. You know, that song with First Aid Kit is beautiful. I love First Aid Kit. And what a do what a wonderful I love them collaboration. So much. It's so wonderful to think that you're able to bring First Aid Kit and Lumineers and put them on an album with a song like Trustful. I know, isn't that fantastic? But I've I have fought to keep that op- that jar open. Mm. I've always been a mystery bag. For some reason, I think I'm excited about this album in the in in the way I kind of was excited about Misunderstood because I it's just it's a body of work even though it's all kinds of genres mm. and I think it's awesome that I can be this pop star right the polarizing pop star that then is like hey Lumineers do you guys want to do a song and they're like yeah cool I'm like awesome Stapleton you want to sing a song and he's like absolutely first aid kit I'm like who am I this is rad and Eminem and all and everything in between, whatever. That's so, yeah, that's what being polarizing affords you. I'm that's left. what yeah. you want to be, yeah. right? If, if you were in one box, you're going to be like, I don't fit into that box you're in. Right, right. You know, you, you are a trailblazer. We'll get to that again in a second. But what's really interesting to me about being a trailblazer, is I, and I said this to someone the other day, is that that's actually quite a lonely place to be. Because you're forging forward and trying things first and doing things. And even if you're successful at it, everyone thinks that you're weird and you're this and you're that. And and they don't realize that's the strength of it. Has it been at times quite... I don't look at myself as a trailblazer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess like, okay, I fly and people think that's weird no but. <laughs> but no but what's no but what you sing about what you what yeah, you maybe. and the way you present your songs and the fact that you're absolutely genre agnostic i know that term gets thrown around but Ooh, I, i've I, never heard it and i like it i can i am i'm are. an atheist you when are. it comes to genres and you're a creative lines there's a, there's a hybrid that's there and great. kiwis are really good at hybrid words there's a creative atheist there's a creatheist <laughs> so, that's fantastic i'm gonna drop one for myself <laughs> You're a creatheist. I'm a creatheist. You know, I, I do think you're a trailblazer. Um, and people keep calling you that. That's what that, that's really yes, oh. pink. I hate compliments. You came to the wrong place, man. I really, really do much better with criticism. Oh, really? <laughs> positive reinforcement is really not my thing. So how does someone who struggles with um positive reinforcement get to the point where, you know, you're playing to millions of people every single tour. Oh, because that's like group therapy. That's not like, hey, look at me. Hey, everybody, come look how cool I look. Oh, I hate to break it to it's you, just, but when you step on stage in a stadium and it's your show, there's a lot of hate. I mean, it's me. freaking cool. It's very it's cool, cool but, but it's not. But I'm not doing that. Like, hey, look at me. I'm doing like, You're hey. on a trapeze. But I'm like, <laughs> but I'm trying not to die. I'm having fun. I literally sit in this harness with my two strongest riggers yeah. under the stage. yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
I'm tired. I'm, am I sad? Willow was sad when I made her go home tonight, and now she's having a bath, and I'm not there. Okay, showtime. She didn't like her chocolate, and then yeah. bam, and I'm like, yeah. get the fucking money's out of I'm not sad anymore. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, though, in our first proper sit-down conversation, our chat, our first get-to-know, our first impression, I'm trying to figure out how much of this is humility and how much is just outright denial. Because, you know, you've sold 100... Probably both. Because you've sold Ew. 135 million albums. No, I haven't. That's a lie. Okay, it's outright denial. We have, a, we, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have our verdict. It's outright denial. Because <laughs> that is factually correct. I don't know about that. You sold a lot of albums and a lot of singles, a lot of songs, a lot of records. Um, and you know, over the last ten years in particular, people have been queuing up to tell you what you mean as a whole. Now, you're someone who's creatively restless and looking for new challenges all the time. You don't make this album unless you're ready to yeah. make something new. That's true. That's true. New, 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 new. Yep. And yet, everyone wants to give you a star here. And call you an icon there and the greatest woman of music of the last okay. 300. No, but you know what I'm saying? Now, hang on. There's a sting in the tail here. I get it. No positive reinforcement. So here comes the sting. Give it to me. Right? I love it. How does that feel for somebody who doesn't like positive reinforcement, has no idea how many records they've sold, and doesn't really consider themselves to be a trailblazer when people tell you from a podium, our guest today has sold this many albums, has achieved all of this, and is standing here today to, to receive this? It must feel awkward. It's awkward. It makes me nauseous. <laughs> it makes me nauseous. And then I have to talk yeah. in front of people, which is my also one of my least favorite things to do. Yeah. And then they're going to record it. So it, it'll be like, I can't deny it. I said that. <laughs> and then I get out of there as fast as humanly possible. Well, here's the good news. Pretty much all of them have been given to you now. I mean, there's a few real lifetime achievement ones coming in the next 40 years. but most I know, the... but then it makes you feel like, am I being put out to pasture? Well, no, because like I said, <laughs> only you can decide that. No, I'm still good. I'm stronger than I've ever been. This is one of the best albums I will ever make. And down. I'm going on a stadium tour in America. That part's cool. That I can feel because I had to eat so much in this country. I would go over to New Zealand and Australia. We love you. And I would play a hundred arenas mm -hmm. and I would come back to America and play the 930 club. And there'd be like 12 people there. And it was humbling and I loved it. Because I was going to say, that's what you want. You, you don't want re positive reinforcement. No, I, know, I know. And I loved it. I did love it. I remember this. They sent this limo to pick me up and it, it was so old. It had the curtains that you would pull across. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like yo guys, we we made it. <laughs> oh my god, uh, like Brewster's millions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was very humbling. Yeah, but now you know. But I think if you want to be a great performer, you have to be able to play every kind of venue, every kind of venue. So for me, when I put a show together, it's like, all right, yeah, it's a stadium, but not to me. Mm -hmm. To me, I want to be sitting with the person that's in the very back. And how do I do that? And then. Yeah, okay, smoke and mirrors, but all of that has to be able to be stripped away and you have to be able to sit down with one guitar mm. and sing the entire set and it has to be beautiful because at the end of the day, it's about the music. So can you pass an instrument without touching it? Can you? Can, do you feel drawn to the guitar every day? Do you love to just... I like piano the, bo the, yeah. the most. Yeah. I'm trying to get my son to be a drummer because he likes to hit things. <laughs> I was going to say, most young boys are dying, <laughs> and girls are dying to be drummers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, it's the parents who are just like, why don't you just put the piano on a slightly muted setting and play that? That would be really helpful for me while I do that, you know, when I'm working. I like noise. Yeah, I love it too. And when you sit down to play, what is it to you? When you're not writing, when you're not doing that, is it is it, a, is it just a place of peace? Yeah, it's just peace. 
To play piano and sing is just, it's so beautiful. And I can only play three songs. I'm, I'm not actually a musician. I can play like three songs on the guitar. You're really stretching three me songs now. You're on pushing, the piano. You're pushing my I'm questions. not lying. I know, I'm sure, Promise. but you know, I'm sure. When you were growing up, you know, your parents, like we talked a little bit about it, they had other priorities, but what role did music play in it? Why did you want to be oh, a rock star from a young age? Music was everywhere in our house. Like what? Oh, um, my dad was into Don McLean, Billy Joel, Credence. Um, Great American songbook. Yeah, Rod Stewart. With a bit of Scottish thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, mm. um, Patti LaBelle, Dionne Warwick. And then my brother was Two Live Crew and Tool and Metallica and oh, Guns N' Roses. Okay. Wow. And then I was Annie, of course, one of the greatest things ever written. Um, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, Madonna, Bette Midler, Whitney Houston. I was like real pop, but it was all around me, and my dad could play the shit out of a guitar, and he was a finger picker, and he, he, he and I would harmonize together and every night before bed. That's beautiful. I just loved it. That's beautiful. So what was it like when they started to see things happen for you? Because it's one thing to be living, living with that music, and okay, at some point they're going to get past that whole preparation to fail. <laughs> they're going to stop preparing you to fail, Yeah. and they're going to accept that you're going to succeed. Mm, mm. Never happened? Not really. I got kicked out of my house when I was 15 and I dropped out of school and I was homeless and then I got a record deal. So it was a rocky road there. But but I begged my mom for singing lessons at nine years old and she said yes. And she found the money for it. Mm. And I started bands in junior high school. I sang in church. I was all over the place. But it was it was on. It was on. It was like, if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to walk over you. I'm going to do music. Let me ask you a broad question about your experience, because the music industry is one thing. The arts and being creative is one thing. The music industry is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. You've been able to bend it to your will. But how has that experience been for you? When I first started, um, I'd say about four years in, I wanted to write a book called Artist to Artist, How to Get F***ed 101, because I felt like... I had done all of the things that you shouldn't do or all of the people around me that were supposed to be trustworthy were not. And they screwed me over so hard that I managed myself for a long time. And I also had the benefit of having a record deal and not getting to put an album out for four years. So I'm 16 to 20, 19 and a half, and I'm up at the record label every day because I'm bored. So I'm learning what every single person does pestering the crap out of everybody. What do you do? What do you do? What's your job? What do you do? Can I hang out with you today? And then I was so bored, I got a job at a gas station because the per diem was sh We're broke. And yeah, that's the other thing about the industry is they pay you nothing. They pay you nothing. And I was like, where, how am I going to pay for my weed? So I, and I really wanted this cat suit at BB. <laughs> that's what I renegotiated my record deal for. <laughs> it was a cat suit at BB. It was really cute. It was like, velvet yeah i had a hard time i had some real teachers yeah. real teachers in my life but it it taught me and then i happen to have now a 21 year relationship with the greatest manager that's ever lived he's incredible he's the best he's that ever somewhere. did it i have to be careful not to gas him too hard because roger davies australians don't like positive reinforcement he's the best <laughs> and i was like a, an abused puppy when i met him 
and he was kind of slowing down possibly and uh, I was right before I was like and I want to do I want get the party started to be the first single and this is what I want the video to be and blah, blah, blah. and my business manager who's oh, I've also been with for 20 years now she said that he called her that day and said she's a fucking brat <laughs> and she's going to be the next one amazing and he was not lying he was not lying <laughs> It's interesting, you know, that relationship is so fascinating. Not enough emphasis gets placed on the on those core va- the core values of those kind of relationships because they really are enormously important mm-hmm. toward helping you form and hold on to the identity, the only identity that matters. They protect your identity mm-hmm. from everything else. But to your point, Roger had achieved so much already working with other artists who came in who were probably kind of broken and is obviously has a very high EQ and an amazing ability to speak human, not just yep. industry. Yep. And and yet you chose to work with him when there was probably 10 or 15 young hot managers down the corner who had hit artists who would be chewing at the bit to work with you. So why did you choose that? What, what was the drawing? What was the gravity? Um, I, I trusted him immediately, and I didn't believe in that word at all. That was and the that, first time you really felt it? In the- I felt trust. Huh. And I was like, well, I'm going to let it kill me. And also, you know, he, you look at who he was working with also. He was working with Joe Cocker, Tina Turner, Sade, Cher, Janet Jackson. That's your gang. And I'm like, well, that's what I want to do, right? That's what you want to be. I want to be a performer. I'm never going to win the popularity contest or be um, like the, the pretty one that can sell perfume, but... I know how to work hard and I know how to pound the pavement and I know how to do this. And he was going to help me do that. And so I inherited years and years and years of the best team on the road. And I have the best team, oh. 200 people, the people that build my stage every yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Like I would, I would throw someone else in front of a bus for them. <laughs> That's good. I'll, I'll remember that. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, what, what what you achieve when it's time to take the music to the people is like one of the finest pieces of machinery I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's, it's building a city in a day. It's like Ferrari Formula One. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, it's why I also it's why I believe that diversity works because we're a small village and we're all different. We're all different. We we disagree on a lot of points we we look very different we come from very different places we worship different gods but we love each other we we fight we argue and we work hard and we play hard and we love each other we're family and it works it's beautiful and i mean these people work harder than anybody i really love the way that you um relate to humanity like you get the important stuff Mm. And you put it through your music and you bring it to the people. But then right now, the relatability factor within our species is bad. It is. It's really rough right now. Well, it is if you're listening to the loud ones. I think that there's a lot more beautiful than ugly. There's still a lot of beauty and the beauty always shines brighter. But it's a tough time. It's a tough time. It is. It absolutely is. Not all of it is a choice. You know, a lot of it is you want to create a great uncertainty. You want to create fear on mass, and fear leads to ignorance, as the great Yoda God in one. Um, create something that we can't understand, that we don't know how to cure, and we don't know when it's going to be cured, and feed it to the world. That's it's going to 
and send everybody upside down. So, you know, we're dealing with that trauma. Mm -hmm. And you seem to really feel like I think a lot of your fight comes from like you're an empath, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are for sure. You are. Yeah. You feel deeply. I do. So it must be tough at the moment. I I feel it. It's really, really, really tough. And I'm also a mom and I have a lot of dear friends with children and um it's it's a really tough time for people people are having a hard time kids are having a hard time that's why I wrote the kids are not all right like the kids are not all right we're not all right and I'm I'm thinking about them and and what kind of a world it's breaking down and where does hope come from where do we find our hope and and that's something that we think about every single day. And so for my kids, I think they're they're lucky because uh, I'm their mom, of course. <laughs> but I think they're lucky because I have a really great sense of humor. <laughs> and, and I'm open, like super open, transparent, like, no, you're f***ed. <laughs> but this can also be true at the same time. It can also be true that you just had the best day of your life at a time where things are completely upside down. Mm. It can also be true that you hate this, but that you're surrounded by so much love. And, you know, it can also be true that the potential in you to be great is amazing. And the potential of you to be awful is also amazing. And it's a choice. That's the, you just summed this album up to me. It is 100% dealing in those really wonderful contradictions. Yeah. And we need contradictions. Like yeah. it can't be one way or the other. We should be contradicting each other openly. Yeah. Way more than we do. Yeah. Without the right to get up and leave the table. Correct. That's the moment it's broken. Yeah. When you, that little thing, eh, that ego thing. I think I'm figuring it out. Like I think you're absolutely terrified of ego. Me? I am. I think that's why when I throw numbers at you, you're just like, shut the f- <laughs> Yuck! I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it really comes through in this album. There's some really beautiful moments. You and Chris, uh, magic. Oh, I mean, Chris Stapleton. You'd have to be really bad to screw that up. <laughs> What's that song? Either way. <laughs> that song. So either way. Good. I won't love you either he, way. People say wow. this, but he could sing me the phone book. Yeah. I said that to my daughter the other day. She's like, "What's a phone book?" I'm like, "Oh God." Never mind. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what that is. A phone book? No. Okay. Do you know what a phone book is? Thank you. He's not far Somebody off us, mate. Me. He's not far off us, mate. Give, give, <laughs> give us an actual willing candidate who can answer that question honestly. I have no idea what that is. He could. I actually did that to Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy the other day. It's the only time I've ever, ever done it. I said to him, people say he could sing a recipe. Yeah, there right, you go. So, there, there you go. go. And sing a recipe. Yeah, and he did. He sang a in, in apple pie recipe or That's something. Great. And it was so funny because he, he goes, it's early in the morning, so you're not going to get me belting. And then sure enough, he was like, and a little bit of cream. And he went, <laughs> just, went for it. Because, you know, you yep. artist, you can't help it. Yep. If it's to be sung, it should be expressed. It should be Absolutely. sung. You know, the tour is coming up. The it stadium is. tour. I know. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. I forget how much fun I get to have. I just had our first tour meeting, like official meeting where we're seriously starting to plan and build things yeah. and i walked away going oh i get to do all yeah, that it's a playhouse i get to do all and you, that and you get to invite friends along for the ride as well yeah and you want to talk about really righteous human beings who've got their priorities straight brandy carlisle is right up there yeah, i mean she she's is. just one of my favorite people on the planet me too i've loved her for a very 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 long time <sighs> we wrote a song together like oh god 16 years ago wow i'm obsessed with her 
and she's so welcome as yeah. well. Yeah. Like I got to spend some time um, on her amazing compound. Have you been to a place out, outside of Seattle? No. Okay, no, it's nuts. Like she did it. Like they just they just did it. Like there are the twins living over there and over there and family and friends and everyone's like, That's you know, beautiful. Tw- 10 acres away, but everyone's got plots of land and the whole thing it's is just beautiful. like, ah, oh, it's like, that's, that's what she, that's, she figured it out. Like you bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. You leave home to make a home. Yeah. You just got to make sure that you do it in time. And I think that that's, again, something that I really appreciate about your journey is that you chose home. Mm-hmm. At a really at a, at a time when there was probably every incentive to keep running and traveling and building and yeah. running and no, everyone told me if you have ch- children right now, your career's over. Who? I wish I could put a face to someone who would say that yeah. because I know that's true. But who the f- says that? Somebody who it behooves for you not to stop working. But I think interestingly enough, for me, everyone has this idea of me that I'm just my singles, right? That I'm this snarling, man-eating, angry, like, she-man, right? (laughs) And if you, it's, obviously we're all much more complex than any of that. But when I had a child, I think it softened me to the world, the part that didn't understand me. And I think that's when my career began, really, I mean, I did a lot of stuff before that, but really, truly, I think it's when I started to really understand myself and understand the world and my place in it and, and yeah. It's funny, you know, because the voice is an instrument. It has to reflect the moment. It has to reflect the mood and the, the, and the feelings and what's going on in life will come through. And so not everybody can... You had a you have a voice that's going to resonate with your life at all times. Mm. That it's going to vibrate, and I think definitely. You talk about softness. I just felt purpose. Like mm. your voice changed a little bit, and mm. things just started to mm-hmm. have a little diff- a different urgency to them. Yeah, and you know it also takes you out of that room because when you're in that room in the in the the MTV, no disrespect, it could be any room. It could be the yeah. the, the Apple room. It doesn't really matter. The, yeah. the room where everybody is. Yeah your peers it's all just a big cluster yeah it's just a jostle right it's just a jostle and when you start having a family you can leave that room yeah yeah and people go oh man you found something that's more important than this room yeah like what's your secret <laughs> exactly i just don't care about you <laughs> <laughs> you don't cuddle quite the same <laughs> exactly i've never loved being kicked in the face more <laughs> that's true <laughs> And man, my kid, that boy, he likes to make contact in the in the night. In the night. Oh, he'll just keep punching you and punching you and our punching kid, you. Our kid was, you know, when Homer <laughs> goes on the ground and he goes, whoa, 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 yeah. and he runs on his side. That's what our kid used to yeah. be like when he would sleep yep. in our bed because you'd wake up and somehow he'd be, his head would be off the side of the bed. Oh, All yeah. our pillows Whirling would dervish. be surrounding him. Yeah. Why are you laying like that? 100%. How did you even get there? His, my kids still sleep in my bed. Yeah. It's, they're rude. They're rude co-sleepers. It's, I slept in the dog bed a couple of nights ago. I was so over it. I was so over it. How big it. is your dog bed? It's like a little circle. It was enough at that moment. I was so over it. That's adorable. 
time somebody took a photo. You curled up in the dog bed. My kids are just splayed out, living their best life, and I'm curled up in the dog bed in the corner. It's great. When they get to come out on the road with you, as they get older, obviously, and there's going to be more pressure for them too, whether we, we understand the infrastructure or the, the architecture of education or not, there's, there's such a thing as taking leave. And so, you know, how, how does that sort of work for you? You know, can you still take them out? Can you still, can they come and experience things with you? Yeah, this one was a lot trickier than uh, the last one. They've always just been with me, mm-hmm. which has been incredible and impossible. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but also the best. Um, this time was weird. I had to plan. She's 11 and she's like 43. She has needs. And I, t- I had, I don't know why I thought I'd have till she was like 14. But I said to her, I said, listen, I do not honor my adult choices more than I honor your childhood. So we're going to have to just figure this out together because I need to know how you're feeling about things, what you want what you don't want to miss, what you might miss, how you feel about missing me occasionally because we're, we're, we've never been apart. And it was very teary. And I was like, also, I love what I do. I love it. It's not my job. It's my passion. And I worked my ass off for it. And I, I'm one of a handful of women that have ever gotten to do this. And I love it. And I'm good at it. So I'm not going to apologize for it. And it also affords you a very nice life. But it means you're going to have to miss me or miss them and or maybe part of both. And we could compromise. And she's like, I don't want you to quit, Mama. And I'm I want to I really want to do theater. And I was like, I will never make you you, the month of July is yours for the rest of your life. Like you can and I will be home for your and I can call it like I'll be home for your performances and then I'll be gone here. And keyword there was honor. Yeah. You say I honor it. Honor her. And then, but then I'm exhausted and my eyes are puffy from crying and I'm tucking her in bed and she's like, but when are you going to Paris? And I was like, like, you Uh, suck. It gets so much better as well the older they get. You wait, it's just like, you know my mom, you just belong to everybody else. But by the way, can I have tickets to go see Playboy Cardi at the Palladium? (laughs) My son said to my best friend the other day, he's six, but when he was five, he goes, do you know that my mama is the best singer in the whole world. Keep him. And she goes, I do. And he goes, do you know that my mama sings for a hundred people? And she was like, we're going to have to work on that math. But yep, (laughs) I do. You should keep him. (laughs) Oh, he's delicious. I put a dress. I live in basically yoga pants, just like everybody else. And I put on jeans for you today. Thank you. You're welcome. I put on pant heels. Oh, those are incredible look at those these are incredible wow they're great shoplifting pants if you're into that um and i came out in a dress for dinner and he goes come on mama what am i dreaming you look so beautiful i was like i will buy you a el camino what do you want (laughs) i will get you a pony what do you want (laughs) yeah he's cracked it he figured it out. I was also like, where are you from? Because you sound like you're from Long Island. So what's your favorite record song on this album? Do you have oh, one? Oh, darn it. What's my favorite record? Just now, today. What do you love? Oh, man. That's impossible. Love? Well, I, okay. Let me uh, let me tell you about when I, let me tell you what I think about when I get there. Okay. It's not, that's not a song people start albums with. Oh, it is, though. It you is, We got to just dive right into it. That's what I that's mean. That's kind of how it is to sit with me, though. It's like, hi, um, do you want to hear about that one time? Yeah. 
I just it's mind blowing the way you start the album with thanks. that. It's it's like I saw Prince live once at the end of his life. Sadly, he started with Purple Rain. Mm. You only do those things. Mm. You only start with when I get there. When you get there, when you realize like, huh, I can do this, and it's not going to reflect on the rest of the album in any other way except powerfully. Like it's an incredible song. Thanks. Who'd you? Yeah, that's kind of like it's time. It's time to sit down. Let's talk. Yeah, it that's is what that. that is. It's like in, an invitation. It is to take the walls down and um, cut the bullshit, and let's just talk about real stuff. So, okay, you're singing it. I wouldn't. Inv- it came to I me. I would never have when known. my dad was sick. Hmm, that's what I'm looking for. Not and me. I said, "This is my song. This has to be my song. I, I this is my song," and I was able to play it for him before he died. And that's just a beautiful thing. And I played it for my best friend and her mom has passed and she's still not speaking to me. (laughs) And I don't know if I'll ever be able to get through it live, but it is a beautiful song. It's just one of those simple, how do you write that, right? I couldn't write that. I was not, I'm not ready to write that song. So that it came to me at this time was not an accident. It's the closest thing. Yeah. That's a suitcase I haven't started unpacking yet. You know it's coming? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't avoid that stuff. I'm in some pretty deep moment. It's really interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, I'm in this I, drywall between rooms where I'm l- l- being at my situation. <laughs> as soon as I start talking about my life, everyone behind just disappeared. They've all gone to get coffee. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, the whole team was no! there now. It's like everyone's bounced out. Um, <laughs> no, it's interesting you talk about unpacking the suitcase because, you know, I'm definitely there. And it's and it's it's so funny, you know, like change is afoot. How, do you, mm. how are you with change? I'm terrible Same. at it. Same. Terrible. Can I give you a great line my therapist yes, gave please. me to help? The thing about change you have to try to accept is that it's an absolute fact that you're always going to be one step behind. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I Yeah. I, I always tell other people, like, it's inevitable, you know? Well, you don't change believe it, though. Is, I don't believe it when I'm I like, say that. What is happening? I don't even like it when people move my spoons. That's how much I don't like change. <laughs> like, no, I, my spoons go there. Yeah. But let alone something important. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I'm also terrible at surprises. Has anyone ever thrown you a surprise party? No. <laughs> no. I would walk out. I'd be like, nope, I didn't plan this. Even when, when I didn't you... plan this, so it wasn't planned correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. You're the best. <laughs> and I, listen, I, I was so excited. I don't even know. I think we're well over an hour and it has gone by like five minutes for me. <laughs> I have no idea where the time's gone. I just knew that when we finally got to talk, it would be this. Like I just, I just knew it. I just knew it because I'm a fan and I know that that's who you are as a person, but I just knew it. I was like, man, yeah. it's going to be really fun. Yeah, I knew that when we talked on the phone yeah. all those years ago. Did you pick up that when I called you back and tried to style it out the second time that I called you by accident? No. So what happened was I was talking. So you're like, oh, sh- yeah. So um, I just want to tell you once again, it's a, it's gonna be so much fun. You're like, oh, oh no, oh, cool, man, nice, nice one. Yeah, that's great. You called me back to tell me what you just told me ten seconds ago. You're a real one. Now what happened was I went to call up my friend who I work with. This is no word of a lie. And go, she's fucking in. She's gonna do it. She's gonna do this show. I don't know what it's gonna be, but she's gonna have a go at it. I was so excited. And then you answered. You're like, hi. And I was like. And I got home and told my wife, and she was like, oh, man, babe, you did not pull that off. She knew That's full well. That's funny. I can't wait for everything to happen for you on this album and for people to love it and appreciate it. Yeah. There's just no there's no slowing down for you. Me too. Um, 
I really respect you. Thank you very much. And I really love this record and I, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you. I'm really happy. I'm I'm like like numbed down a little bit because I care about it so much. So I'm like, yeah, all right, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but, don't, but don't you feel like now you already see it? Like you made it, it exists, it's beautiful. You can play it. I just love it. Yeah. The music will do the work. It always does. I love Turbulence for that reason because it's – I played it for my friend's teenager and she was just reduced to tears and I knew that it was speaking to her anxiety. That's what I got from it Everybody has. Away. And I just I, – I hope that that song helps a little because it's such a nice idea. It's, you know, as bumpy as it gets, it's just scary as it gets. It's just Turbulence. Yeah. I'm such a terrible flyer. So that Same. was. <laughs> no, but it's so funny because I immediately didn't take a literal meaning from it. I was like, I wish yeah. I'd had that three, two, three years ago when one of our kids was really going through it in quarantine. I mean, I just felt like mm. I couldn't get through. And thankfully, he's come out mm. the other side and he's flying. <laughs> no pun intended. But I mean, he that song is such a beautiful yeah. description of what it is to feel helpless trying to help someone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You do help people. Thanks, friend. Can you take that? Yep. You'll take that one? Yep. You're the best. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that latest conversation on the interview series, Joining a Long List Now. It's crazy to think we started this only a couple of years ago, and if you take a look at the kind of people we've spoken to since then, it's pretty pretty awesome. So if you agree, please add a rating, a comment, and if you haven't yet, make sure that you dial into this so that it just shows up in your podcast space. We're back again next week with who? Gorillas? Yeah, Damon Orban. A very interesting conversation with Damon Orban walking through his Studio 13 in West London showing me a ton of cool instruments and just story after story. That's next time. Thanks. Bye.